Welcome to the Edible Alpha podcast series, your source for actionable insights into making money in food. I'm Tara Johnson, the Tara's Way Lady, and we're here to talk to a wide range of stakeholders about what it really takes to grow a financially viable food business. So, uh, welcome. Thanks for coming down to visit with us. Thank you. Our, it's absolutely our pleasure to be um, here today and talking about uh, food uh, food financing, small business, and uh, small business administration, and especially for uh, those food businesses that are interested in talking talking to a lender, especially uh, credit union. So yeah. really happy about it. Yeah, thank you. So um, why don't we start by having you introduce yourself. So um, do you want to start, Dana? Sure. My name is Dana Hoffman, and I'm Vice President of Business Services at Summit Credit Union. Um, I've been with the credit union for uh, just about coming up on 14 years, and I've been in a commercial lending industry for Boy, about 22 years, uh, and um, I, I think work... I have more gray hair than you do, which <laughs> <laughs> says a lot. <laughs> there you go. Uh, and um, I, I um, a, am a business lender with Summit Credit Union, so that's that's mm-hmm. my role there. And my name is Jason Herlitsky. I'm the SBA program manager with Summit Credit Union. I've been with Summit Credit Union for four and a half years. Um, I've been working with the SBA in particular for about eight and a half years. And I work with all the commercial lenders at Summit Credit Union. Um, anytime we get the SBA involved in the, in the loan, um, SBA is a small business administration. So I work through that process with our borrowers, the lenders, and the SBA to make sure that um, um, it's a smooth process for our borrowers and everything's you know on track and we get, we get the financing needed to our, to our borrowers. Cool. And were you an underwriter before, or how did you get into this SBA role? I, I started off at Citigroup as in the consumer area. Okay. And eventually rolled over to the SBA um, in the 504 sector. Sure. And then transitioned over to Summit Credit Union about four and a half years um, sure. to manage your SBA program. Cool. Well, as we go on here, we're, we'll start talking about the SBA programs and specifically a lot about the 7A, and we'll uh, just mention the 504 too. So, um, so for listeners who don't know what those are, you get to hang in there because we're going to learn a lot about them today. So, so um, let's talk about um, some of credit union. So, and about credit unions. Period. I think I think people. My my impression is that people don't automatically think about credit unions when they think about commercial lending. They think they have to go to a, a business bank or a commercial lender. And so let I I think it'd be great to tell our listeners about what you do. Right, right, absolutely. So uh, as a credit union, we're a not-for-profit uh, financial cooperative. <clears throat> and our ownership, we are owned by our members. So that's kind of an important distinction between a credit union and, and like a traditional bank. Um, and being a cooperative, being member-owned, means that the uh, the the like the net profits, the purpose of the organization is for the benefit of the member directly. So that's um, a big contrast with uh, like a traditional bank, which is usually um, stockholder-owned. Uh, so again, it 
it's all about the, the benefit for the member. At Summit Credit Union, um, we are uh, geographically, we're in South Central and Southeastern Wisconsin. In order to join Summit as a member, you really only need to uh, have $5 placed in a savings account and be uh, a Wisconsin uh, business or individual to join our credit union. So it's really straightforward. Right. And have credit unions always been able to do commercial lending? Um, that's a, yeah, that's a great question. So um, going back um, decades, uh, there were some credit unions that had done some commercial lending, um, but then there was a change that came about um, which, had, um, uh, which had kind of put a, put a slowdown to it. Um, but then um, credit unions were essentially um, re-allowed to do, to do commercial lending. Um, many choose to just continue in the consumer loan path, mm -hmm. but a number of credit unions are commercial lenders, such, such as Summit. So mm -hmm. we're, we're, definitely, we're definitely very active uh, in the commercial lending market, um, and especially, in, as I mentioned, South Central and Southeastern Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And I, I think, you know, from my perspective, working with young entrepreneurial companies, I think you're probably the, one of the most active lenders, actually. Yes, yes, yeah. that's very true. And I, I'm sure Jason uh, would bring this up as well, but it, to get an idea of a measure of how active Summit is with young companies and, and small business owners, um, we're the number one SBA lender in the state of Wisconsin wow. among credit unions. So mm -hmm. we are we are very active, and this is our fifth or sixth. I think sixth it's going year? on six years already. Six years. Yes. It's going six years. So as a measure of that activity, um, we're we're very involved. Very, yeah. very happy to work with those small business owners. Right. And do you work with um, larger businesses too, or is your focus primarily small? Or yeah. So we we work we work mainly with small business owners. We do have um, we do have um, some sort of moderately sized businesses, multi, you know, multi million dollars in in terms of revenues that we work with, um, but we, we mainly work with small business owners. We recognize the need for capital there. We recognize the difference these uh, businesses make in our communities mm -hmm. for job creation, job retention, making our communities better. So, so to us, that focus on small business is is vital. Mm -hmm. And do you think that comes out of your uh, mission as a cooperative? It, I think I think it does. Um, we're we have very deep community roots. Um, we want to see the the community thrive and. Um, as as a credit union, um, we we feel that this um, uh, that that education and um, investment in the community is really important. Um, we see financial literacy as a big a big part of that story, both on the business side as well as on the consumer side. Um, we will uh, an example on the business side when we have uh, maybe we're starting conversations with a new entrepreneur. And a person really needs um, some additional technical assistance. We'll make sure that they, you know, are connected with the resources in our communities that can help move that business owner along, such as 
such as the Small Business Development Center, such as the Food Finance Institute, um, other technical assistance organizations that are around there. And again, that's about that um, that financial literacy piece of our mission mm-hmm. as a credit union. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's so valuable, I think, to people because in, in just in my experience working with people, they don't start out knowing how to approach you, right? It's, yes, they're yes. not ready to talk to you yet. Right, yeah, right. And that's and that's that invaluable role that um, again, organizations like like Food Finance Institute uh, are are play is because the, these are specialists, these are experts. So many times, um, you know, people who who personally have that entrepreneur experience who can help guide and work with this business owner so that they come into a place where they're ready for a business loan application working and working with um, a, a credit union for example to get the financing in sure. um, and um, there are other things uh, to of course even in the early, a little bit earlier stages we we can, uh, provide you know depository accounts for small business. Even you know maybe someone's formed their LLC, they can open up uh, their share savings with Summit, become a member, start a depository account, just to kind of get starting that relationship. Even as they go along into the future, working with with uh, technical assistance providers to get that business plan in place for financing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've had a couple of clients who, who that has been the trajectory. Yeah. 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 So there's different stages, right, sure. that we can be involved with. Sure. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So you, you're you regulated the same way a bank is, though, essentially? So so it's, it's pretty – it's uh, – Fairly comparable in terms of the banking industry and the credit union industry, there are there are some differences. Um, we do we do have Dodd Frank regulation, compar- you know, similar to what the banks do. Um, we do we, we are um, our main regulators are the NCUA, the National Credit Union Administration, as well as um, we are a state chartered bank. So the Wisconsin Department of Financial Institutions is our primary regulator being a state chartered uh, credit union. Um, the vast majority of credit unions in Wisconsin are state chartered. Um, so again, I think that even speaks further to our deep state or state roots. So um, so we do, we, we have that regulation. It definitely, you know, provides that guidance as far as um, uh, it, it, it helps us um, get guidance on, you know, uh, risk, watching for risk, whether it's on real estate or small business loans, um, and um, make sure that, you know, we're, it, it is about safety and soundness, um, as well as um, other regulatory compliance issues. So um, definitely plays a big role. Um, and also keeps us, you know, in mind for, we, we do have to manage our risk as a financial institution. Um, we need to make um, smart loans so that uh, we we can keep those loans around for a long time. Uh, if we made a bunch of bad loans, uh, our cooperative, our credit union could be in trouble. So mm-hmm. so we need to uh, watch that as we as we do consider our applications. Yeah, sure, mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. So in the retail food space here, the upper Midwest, like Wisconsin, Minnesota, have a lot of retail. Um, 
cooperative stores, right? Because we are kind of like co-op land from way back. All these Scandinavian immigrants came with that co-op view of things. Is that true with credit unions, too? Do we have more credit unions up here than other parts of the country? Um, We have, so um, we have, we have quite a number of credit unions. I don't know, I don't know the exact statistics comparing Wisconsin um, to other states, but we have, of course, a a very extensive um, agricultural Roots, um, including the dairy industry, that the idea of cooperative is familiar to many people, um, mm-hmm. and so that kind of spills into uh, financial cooperatives as well. So um, we, you know, and it's interesting too, because because of course, um, the agriculture roots farming. I mean, that is absolutely, of course, a form of entrepreneurism, and and so um, we definitely see. Um, a number of credit unions throughout the state that um, still do, you know, a lot of agricultural lending mm-hmm. and are still, again, qu- really quite a number of cooperatives within Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, I mean, Cenex is a good example, yes. right? Cenex is, you can go get gas at Cenex gas stations. Yes. And I don't think people realize they are cooperative, exactly. right? Exactly. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. It's an interesting thing when I travel around the country, I think that, um, I'm always remarking about how our food infrastructure for processing food is so much more robust here, especially for supporting smaller um, food processing, just because we've been in this business for a really long time here. Yes, yes, that's a very good point. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and I think think that having um, cooperatives that are engaged the way you are is also something that I don't see in other parts of the country to the degree we have it here. Oh, that's a that's a great point. And I and I feel like some of that is is about um, kind of the cooperative principles and and there's the uh, principle six is cooperation among cooperatives mm-hmm. and we feel you know we definitely feel a, a kinship with other um, with other cooperatives we we cooperate among credit unions business lending credit unions in the state of Wisconsin we compare notes we share best practices you often don't see that um, in our in our uh, in your industry in, exactly, yeah. exactly exactly so um, do you participate yeah. like you know in that in that technical sense of the word participate where a couple of lenders will be will share a project so so um, there are there are credit unions Definitely, that share participations, uh, purchasing, uh, mm-hmm. selling participations. Uh, there, there are definitely credit unions. Uh, Summit's philosophy is a bit more, we're a bit more organic. We want to grow from Mm -hmm. literally within the communities that we have our our presence. Um, So we've been, um, that's been our focus, but Mm -hmm. there are credit unions definitely that do loan participation. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. It's really interesting. So when I work with food clients, I, I kind of start with the place that the holy grail for you is to get a relationship with a commercial lender. Or, or a credit union because you can't grow a food company without one. It's just impossible. This mm-hmm. is what's different about it. it. We're not we're not software or biotech, right? Right. You right. Re- we have collateral, and you need a lender to help support your growth. And even when you're a big food company, you need a lender, right? So right. yeah, so um, so that's a big part of of my you know getting people ready thing. Yes. Um, so. 
Um, the the SBAs, the seven A programs that Jason mentioned, are a terrific way to get these younger um, food companies access to some, a relationship with you guys. So, um, Jason, do you want to talk about the SBA seven A program uh, in particular, and SBA uh, in general? Absolutely. Um, like Dan discussed before, some of us are very active SBA lender in our community. Um, we, we turn to SBA a lot for credit enhancements. Um, a lot of times, if there's a startup business or shortfall of collateral, um, situations like that where we don't feel comfortable doing it conventionally, we can turn to the SBA and in return, they provide us a guarantee on that note. Um, and it, it allows us to get comfortable with that deal. Um, and like Dana said before, we're working with a lot of smaller businesses in our community, a lot of startups. Um, and without the SBA, we wouldn't be able to do those loans. Um, so the SBA allows us to do th some things that we wouldn't be able to do um, conventionally um, to help these small businesses grow and expand. Um, with the 7A program, um, the use of proceeds or the monies can be used for pretty much any business expense where we see a lot of businesses need money for capital or inventory, um, equipment. Um, so there's a lot of flexibility there with the 7A program. Um, so it's not re restricted. Um, so any, any business use, the, the money can go towards. Um, and as businesses grow and expand, you know, they may come back. They need additional capital or need additional inventory purchases. So um, we, we got several different programs that we can fit them into. Um, we work with our clients. Um, so it, it's a great program that we utilize quite a bit. And um, obviously, you can see, you know, it helps a lot of small business, businesses grow and expand their businesses. Sure. So what I, I mean, I like that because you can work with a really early stage business with it. Um, but in food in particular, what I really appreciated about that program is that you can use it for working capital. And working capital is, for a lot of these wholesale food brands, that's that's the money they need, right? They, right. Yeah, they Absolutely. don't, if, unless they're taking the leap in manufacturing, right? So mm -hmm. they're not buying a lot of equipment, and they're, you know what I mean? So there's not a lot of collateral in that, those businesses. Absolutely, and that, that's a great part about the 7A program is that mm -hmm. they allow that flexibility with the working capital because they understand that businesses need that capital to grow and expand. Sure. So when you get a 7A um, guarantee for a loan, um, when you're a business, you get – it looks like a term loan to you, right, as the business. Absolutely. Basically, with our 7A loans, you're in a deal with some credit union or that particular bank or credit union on your loan. Um, a lot of times, the SBA is silent. Um, we want to make that process as smooth and easy for our members um, or borrowers as, as possible. Um, so it's going to look just like a conventional loan. Um, you're making payments directly to the bank or credit union, um, and the SBA is basically silent. Mm -hmm. um, we do the internal reporting. We work with the SBA and getting it all approved, answering questions they have. So it's a very smooth transition where, you know, probably 10 years ago, people couldn't say that, where you had to submit a, a six-inch book, of a, which consists of an application to the SBA, and it takes them months to, to turn around. But overall, the SBA, over the last several years, have done a very good job of streamlining their process, uh, reducing paperwork, and making it easy on the borrowers as well as the credit unions and banks um, to participate in the SBA programs. Yeah, that's. I'm really glad you brought that up because I do have clients, especially older clients, who will say, oh, that'll take forever. And, and I always say, well... That hasn't been my experience, actually, at all. I mean, and is the, isn't there something called Express or something? Yep. Under the SBA 7A program, there's an SBA Express program where it's very streamlined, limited documentation, um, 
couple forms the, the borrowers have to fill out. And it's pretty streamlined where the lender makes a decision on behalf of the SBA. Um, so that process is very quick. Oh, so you could make the decision. Uh, yes, absolutely. Yeah. Under the express You're program. You're the guy, we, too, right? We're, we're, we're the approvers. <laughs> <laughs> so you have to treat us well, right? Uh, yeah. It's like, oh. Yeah. But, but once again, um, with that comes a little bit less of a guarantee, but it allows us some flexibility oh. on the time frame. If, if somebody needs a capital right away um, or needs a working capital line of credit, it allows us to do some things you know, on, on the quicker end of things that we can turn it around pretty quick. And they, they call it a delegated authority, I think is the official, that, that those that Absolutely, we can yep. make Absolutely, we're a delegated right? authority on that yeah. particular yeah. program. And, but but other other SBA, we do not have that delegated authority. It's We have to go formally to We SBA. have to submit the application yeah. to the SBA on, on some of our larger loans. Um, it doesn't really slow down the process. Um, it's still a pretty quick process for us. That's great. Um, so it, it's um, they've gotten very good over the past several years to streamlining that mm-hmm. process and making it easier on everybody involved. I think there was a time after the last recession where the only loans that banks were making were SBA guaranteed. You know, I, I for right. I'm I'm talking like. 2010, 2009 kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. I think I think that that period of time, that kind of reset, like hardcore recession, um, there, there, it was it was difficult to get a business loan. I mean, and it had to do with, you know, a, just a big, a really big pullback. Uh, financial institutions were were focused on their existing loan portfolio. A lot of things were going bad. Those financials that had been extensively involved in um, development lending, so mm-hmm. with without a big certain pay ca- ongoing cash flow and operating cash flow to pay back, it relied on the sale of like real estate, for example. So so there was a big, definitely a big pullback, and and you know at the time many uh, SBA loans were some of the few sort of categories that were being made because the government was standing behind it. Right, mm-hmm. right, right. Mm-hmm. It, w- it provided, um, I don't know, liquidity in a way at right. a time when we needed it, yeah, to, to try to get the economy going. So oh, is there a cap on that express? Like it only goes up to 100000 The maximum exposure is 350000 per borrower. 350000 okay. Yeah. And, and the that's SB- just the express, that's though, right? That's just the express. Overall, yeah. the SBA exposure can be up to $5 million. So that is so crazy. When I when I did Terra's Way, the Terra's Way capitalization, I think the 7A cap was like a million or something. Uh-huh. It was it was mu- a lot lower than it is now. Pretty yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 And, and one nice thing, too, about the Express, um, it, it allows um, this a line of credit to mm-hmm. be offered to, to emphasize that. So so that opportunity to have that revolving line of credit is invaluable. Oh, for my goodness, it yes. Because it, it guarantees. It's a little bit lower guarantee than the traditional 70, but it has that flexibility of, of revolving up and down. So that that's a big advantage. Fabulous. And I would say probably our, one of our most popular types of SBA would be the Express. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I can see, see why. Lines of credits. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A lot of lines of credits. Yeah, that's fabulous. So can you describe how that works just so people who are listening who may not understand that? Absolutely. A line of credit pretty much works like a home equity line of credit where you have access to a certain balance level. Um, let's just say it's $100,000. Um, so with that line of credit, you know, if you need working capital a certain month or need to purchase additional inventory, you can use that line of credit to draw upon, and all of a sudden you just got the funds, right, you know, immediately to have the funds. Um, and then when you, when you have the money, you have the ability to pay it down, you pay it down. So you got a lot of flexibility there, so you don't have to keep on coming back to the credit union or bank and asking for additional term note. 
where um, you can use that line of credit, you know, for a term of 12, 24 months, um, depending on business needs. Yeah, and in food businesses, um, believe it or not, food does have um, a cyclical thing to it or a seasonal thing more than cyclical. So, oh, sure. yeah. So, so yeah. throughout a year, any like yeah. spring could be highest. So we that. eat a lot yeah. as people. <laughs> <laughs> we eat a lot going through the holidays. Yeah. And then January comes, and now it's kind of extended to the Super Bowl. And then after the Super Bowl, like restaurant traffic dies, um, uh, food sales, remarkably go down, actually. So the first quarter for a food company tends to be kind of the slow time. And I joke with all my my beer, um, <laughs> craft beer people that, oh, it's February. You're calling me because you think your business has died because it, it just <laughs> drops off the cliff. It's crazy. And then, then you start ramping up into the summer and we start eating more in the spring and it's an interesting thing, but what for what that means though for working capital is that there are times of the year for food companies like going into um, into the holidays where they're going to need more working capital, right? Because they're building inventory for their big season, and then then they get paid um, at, from those sales, and then they can pay down their line. Absolutely, that, that's a flexibility yeah. of line of credit that we yeah. see quite it's often. It's very yeah. valuable, and that—that's the that like you can't run a food company without that kind of facility, credit facility. Um, Even makes, a big ones can't. That makes sense to have that to be able to finance those short-term assets such as inventory, or or maybe receivables. It depends on I'm sure the business model, but but that like you're absolutely right that that um, that working capital line is is invaluable, and I think to. Just to mention something we something we look at once a business has that line of credit is that they do manage that line of credit appropriately. So, so like you're saying, we we would expect to see the build up, you know, the line uh, line balance uh, increase as you're you know approaching that holiday time, and then when you're getting your cash in, that it it, it does get paid down, and then we call it rested to be at a zero balance. Many times for like a period of time, maybe it's you're you're gonna start back into your cycle. So mm-hmm. um, that's that so, is a measure for us. Sure, yeah. yeah. So measure. do you do you ex- um, like to see them go down to zero once a year or um, once every two years if it's a startup? Like what what are you looking for with that? Yeah. So so and that's it's a really good segue too as far as things that we look at for for an SBA application. One thing especially for that early stage business and and we've kind of consulted with SBA on this we where we can be involved and it's a, it's a measure of risk is for businesses that you you're probably going to be needing to start to be profitable in 6 to 9 months in order to it be in that potential eligibility for an SBA loan application so if you're if you're a food business for example that is you're you're projecting it's going to be a couple years, mm-hmm. you know, for development purposes, whatever that is, and and it, we totally understand that hap- that that's a model. That's how many businesses start. We are not going to be able to get involved until you know you're you're starting to look at that profitability being there because it would be deemed too risky to be involved so early on, mm-hmm. two to three years, you know, whatever. Again, six, maybe mm-hmm. nine months is sort of our, our guideline of when we need to see you start 
being cash flow positive. And, and that's one like that's a good point, Dana, because that's one of the big things SBA looks at is you know the ability to repay that debt. Yes. Sure. You know if it's gonna be two, three, four years down the road, you know it's it's gonna be a very difficult um, conversation to have with SBA. And, sure. Um, so we're gonna want to see that profitability within you know six to nine months, like Dana discussed. Right. Right. And and just to a little bit underscore that point more is, it's. We don't want to encourage people to build their plan that, well, we really think it's going to be two years, but then tell us it's going to be six months. We want you to be your honest, we want to be your honest, your projection, what you really think it is. And if, if it's going to be that two years, at that time, this capital, this SBA loan application, that's just not not going to be a good fit at that time. It's going to sure. be others, of course, you're going to look for. So. Sure. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that I do when I work with clients, and, you know, and, and like anything, it's all the landscape has been evolving a lot, right? And so um, one of the things I do is help people understand um, sources and uses of capital and what yeah. is appropriate when. Yes. And, and so not only do people not have the right documentation to talk to you, typically, when I start working with them, but they also don't really understand that sources and uses issue. So um, you, as, you as a source of capital are a source that's incredibly needed for a food company. And what you're describing is saying that you it's appropriate to go to you when you are at the cusp of getting to profitability that year. And there may be a couple of years before then where that's not going to be true. Right. And it just means that you're going to have to finance that growth in another way and be realistic about it. Exactly. Yeah. It, that's exactly the right summary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I've had clients who, um, because they looked at it and said, oh, my God, it's going to be three, four years until I can get to that profitability with just a wholesale brand. Yeah. Yes. I'm going to open a cafe in the meantime because mm-hmm. I can get that to profitability, positive cash flow faster. Sure. And I'm still doing my wholesale brand. Sure. That's that's that kind of... Um sort of model bootstrapping, mm-hmm. I think you could say, you know, that putting that, that retail, like you say, mm-hmm. can get more, ca- and then incorporating that second phase, getting to that place where then you are um, in the, the, you know, production phase and you're going to be, that part of your business then should be moving to profitability, you know, more quickly. Yeah. Because you had that support from your first phase. So that, yeah. that makes sense. And you're sense. consumer yeah. facing. Exactly. And, exactly. Yeah. And you right. can and you can demonstrate um, that you can run a business too. So when yes. you guys look for when somebody uh, makes an application, what do you look at when you're underwriting? Yeah. And yeah, we're going to look for, you know, a, a solid business plan. Yeah. Uh, and we're going to want that business plan to include a little bit about themselves, their background, their experiences in that particular industry. Um, we're going to look at their target market, um, their competition. Um, a big thing that SBA looks at is going to be their, project, their projections as well as their, as their assumptions as well. A um, little narrative about how they came up with the projections. Mm-hmm. Um, just a little bit of supporting documentation. And putting that all together, you know, in, in the business plan is, is critical because that's, you know, as underwriters, that's what we review and that's what we look at um, to make sure they got the experience, the knowledge, or the connections. And that the projections are projections are realistic. Um, sometimes we see some projections where you know the first year to make a million dollars. You know, <laughs> is, is that really realistic? Probably not. Um, so we're, we're going to take all those things into consideration uh, when underwriting these loans, and um, in particular the SBA loans. Right, right. And, and to um, add, add some other things, I mean, there's certainly a number of things we look at, but 
we would we definitely want to see, and Jason mentioned this, the ex experience, you know, the management, that 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 skill, that that industry experience that you are wanting to go into. So so it's industry experience as well as those kind of transferable business management skills. I think will be important. Um, there's also um, personal credit. We take mm -hmm. a look at owner's personal credit. We want to see good personal credit because it's a good indicator of how business credit is going to be handled. Um, we uh, we definitely want to see personal, the equity, cash equity put into the business. Um, uh, we would like to see like a starting point of 10 to 20% cash in. The more you put in, the stronger it is. Um, mm -hmm. Everything else held constant. Um, so uh, that's, you know, that's, those are some of the key things that we take a look at for, for a business loan application. And, and we really want to make sure that what you're doing, your idea, your model, that it's, going to make it. Show us how you're going, how this idea, how this business model is going to be successful in the market that's out there. So that kind of defensible idea, how, how are you going to make it with your business? Right, right. And, and, um, and how, are you, how are you defensibly unique? All those things that, that I talk to clients about are... The reason I talk to them about it is people like you care about it. We're going to look at it. Yeah, yeah. The goal is to get make it easy for you to say yes, right? That's that's my goal anyway. Um, and I'm glad you brought up the the personal credit thing because I think that another another it, it, being an entrepreneur is a journey. It's not us. It's not something that just you know, happens, right? And, yes. And it could be the start of the journey is repairing your personal credit first, you it, know. It is. It is definitely. Mm -hmm. And and that's another piece where we connect in with our being a credit union. Um, we, we talked about, um, like, financial literacy, certainly a big part of, of financial literacy and, and education is being able to um, understand, working with uh, individuals who need to work on their credit. So, so we have our, our frontline, we have fantastic um, staff, for example, at our branches um, who work directly with individuals. That th they may realize, you know, I don't know that I have the best, I, I have some issues. We'll sit down, our, our, our staff will sit down with individuals, pull up the credit bureau and, you know, assist with formulating a plan so that they can attack things on their issues on the credit so that some months later, and, and I've seen this, we've seen this where people come back, maybe the first time we couldn't do a business loan application, they worked with our frontline staff, got the credit in order, and then got a score and were, you know, on their way for for a loan application. So, yeah. That's fantastic. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because, I mean, this, this, I have this metaphor for this that I think there's one way to think about what we do, which is kind of sink or swim capitalism. Like everybody right. goes off and figures it out on their own and they do really well and somehow they magically figure out how to do a performa and they go to the bank and they have enough equity. And like there's so many pieces in place that if you think about it, why do we think that people could do this without help? Right, right, definitely. And, and, you know, we're we're part of that sounding board. We're part of that team when we have those those business members that we're working with on financing and those long term business relationships. We we want to we want to hear the good and the bad. We don't we don't want the bad hidden in the corner somewhere. We we want to know about it because 
I think, you know, probably virtually every entrepreneur that we work with, um, everybody has, nobody's perfect. Everybody has, you know, peace and issues, something that's going on. So um, if we know about it, we can, we can help, you know, be that sounding board, give some advice, connect with, um, you know, again, community technical assistance. We, we want to know that good and the bad and be that sounding board. Yeah, yeah. Well, I always tell run. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And I tell people, you know, you know, banks hate surprises. Never give them a surprise. <laughs> but it's true for everybody, right? Yes, and yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I do think when you're running a business, you feel like you have to be perfect. Like you, And you have to represent to the public that you're perfect, right? Oh. There's this pressure to do that, I think. I think that's, that's true, right? Yeah. And then I think that... Sometimes that leads to either not not responding to the issues. Then maybe in your own mind as an entrepreneur, you kind of you just you know push that away. But then it gets worse. So you know you need to address it. And then again, as as lenders, we're we're not gonna you know we're not gonna you know throw you out the back door just because you you know encountered some problems. Every business owner that we've worked with, you you. You come, across, you encounter problems. So you make mistakes. You you learn from those mistakes, and you keep moving forward as a business owner. And we we know that. We know that as as lenders, as as Summit Credit Union. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. terrific. So now I'm a business, and I got one of those Express Seven A's with you guys, and I'm doing really well. My business is growing, and so I'm and I'm a food company, so probably was using some kind of co-packer, and now now I'm like, wow, I'm going to actually do this myself. I'm ready because I'm going to be more profitable if I do. Oh, sure. um, but it's going to be a half million bucks to because I got to buy machinery, and I'm we'll make some assumptions that they they have a good place a, a building and an owner that of the building that is willing to do improvements so so we're really just talking about a big equipment loan and maybe some working capital mm-hmm. um it, it is that something that you go back to the 7a outside of the express for or do you just do that on your own or what does that Absolutely. look like no we, we can definitely turn to the sba once again um The good thing about the SBA, like if you're going to purchase a large piece of equipment or or a piece of real estate um, and you're a growing, expanding company, um, a lot of times you need to preserve your capital because you're going to need that down the road. Where the SBA has some flexibility on that down payment where if you're going to do it conventionally, you need 20 to 25 percent down for that piece of equipment or real estate. And the SBA has some flexibility where it says, hey, you know, only put 10 percent down, um, preserve your working capital because we know you're going to need that. so that, that's a great um, option with the 7A program. That is or, great. Or even the 504. And that's what the SBA is supposed to be there for, to use, you know, help these growing, expanding businesses, even, you know, um, through these times. Yeah, because you're always ahead. I tell people in a food company, they don't grow in a line. They grow in steps, right? And every time you go to the next step, you're kind of behind, right? You have to. You're maybe bursting at the seams. Bursting or, at the seams yes, and yeah. you need to expand and you can't just, you know, incrementally add yeah. to, you know, a little bit of capacity. It usually goes from, there's a leap, right? And so then you got to go get a piece of equipment that's probably a pretty big investment and you need more space and you need more people and so all of a sudden there's this leap so that program that you're describing 
is terrifically helpful Absolutely. for that. And, and as a lender, it's always great when you when you work with these small businesses and you see them grow and expand, and knowing that you helped them out, you know, a year or two ago with a small, you know, line of credit or something like that, and all of a sudden they're needing more capital because they're growing, they're successful, they're expanding. So that's as a lender, that's one thing you always want to see. That's right. We that's just, great. you know, we just we just had um, a business in in the I would call it in like the broader food industry. They've just came back for their third SBA loan. Yeah, isn't that um, great? And and they it was about you know location expansion, uh, and it was about and and, and to the exciting part also is seeing them add employees, you yeah. know, and, and so we see that empl- and we know that that's helping employment too, such a big, you know, big consideration these days. So we, it, there's no doubt we see, you know, an S first SBA loan, a second SBA loan, um, we third, and, and it can go on from there. There may be times where they're in a state, they're in a phase of the business where you know, we may be able to do a conventional loan. Mm-hmm. We, we don't have to bring in the SBA. Um, but it's there for making maybe those marginal deals uh, workable right into that spectrum. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And maybe you can get your bus seen at the seams and you can get out of that a little earlier yes. because you yes. because that program is available. Right, yeah. right. Mm-hmm. So um, w- could you describe what the 504 does too? Yeah, the 504 is a little bit different program than the 7A. Um, the 504 is typically your larger loans um, and used for fixed assets. And when I say fixed assets, that's be your land, building, equipment. So a lot of times if you see a business starting to um, grow and expand they, and they need their own property, need their own real estate or a large piece of equipment, um, the 504 is there um, since that's a fixed asset. And what the 504 is, um, the credit union or bank will participate with what they call a CDC, a certified development company, um, where the bank will take on um, 50% of the project or the purchase price and allow that borrower to put in as, as low as 10% on that uh, real estate. And the SBA or the certified development company will take on the other 40%. Um, and with the 504, um, they sell bonds on the secondary market, so mm-hmm. they're able to lock in interest rates for a term of 10 or 20 years on those 504 notes um, on the SBA portion. So a lot of businesses like to turn to that because you're going to have a set payment for the next 10 or 20 years, and then you only have to put in 10% down. Yeah. And and at times it may require additional 5 or 10%, depending if it's a startup or – special use facility. Right, right. So when I did Tara's Way, we used a 504 because we had to build that big plant, right? It was mm -hmm. a Ten million dollar plant. So, oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 really good yep. size. Yeah. That would be very. Yeah, it was far. a. Mm. It was kind of a classic five hundred four project. So, and and we worked with um, WBD, Wisconsin Business Development, yep. is the very s- active in Wisconsin. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So we're we're gonna interview them too. So oh, there you go. Sure. <laughs> yeah, to talk about what they're doing um, because I, I you know that at the time, well even now that would not. That project would have been too big for a 7A. And Absolutely. at the time, the cap on the 7A was a lot lower. So we had, we actually used both a 504 and a 7A, the 7A for working capital oh, yeah. in the package. Yeah. And, and that would be, and that would be something too. We'd see, we would see like a 504 can be matched with a 7A. Absolutely. Yeah, Since the so 504 is kind of your limited yeah. to your fixed assets, and we can always turn to a 7A to kind of, um, 
provide that working capital line of credit or mm-hmm. you know, whatever the business needs you have. Yeah. That's yeah. not fixed assets. Right. And and at the time, you couldn't do that working capital line. It didn't function as a as a line of credit, sadly. Um, mm-hmm. it, was a, it was a term loan. So and that, it's really that evolution of the 7A has made that program really useful for Absolutely. people. They've come a long way. That's yeah. True. That's true. And, yeah. And just to mention, there's a couple unique aspects with, with um with uh, vet- veterans with ex- Express, for example? Is that, is that right? Yeah. Absolutely. You know, the SBA wants to help, you know, um, the veterans um, if they're looking mm-hmm. to grow or expand their business or start a business. So they, they got some um, additional incentives for veterans, mm-hmm. um, additional fee waivers to help, you know, mm-hmm. help the veterans out. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, oh, that's always a positive when you, when you help sure. the veterans out and they either start sure. or grow and expand their business. Mm-hmm. Sure. And... Um, are there other programs other than SBA that kind of help that I don't, I may not know about or should know about? Or? Um, you know, there are local re- revolving loan funds. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there can be county re- revolving loan funds, city revolving loan funds. Um, we have, we have turned to um, uh, d- direct lenders as well, like uh, Madison Development Corporation here, very very locally, um, to get um, uh, a, a package put together. Uh, sometimes there are things that MDC can do that maybe, um, it, because of some unique eligibility issues with SBA, uh, maybe it wasn't going to work out with SBA. Um, so MDC can maybe play a role. And again, as an example for other broader revolving loan, loan funds across the state. So that's one example. Um, there are uh, other direct micro lenders. WIBIC, Wisconsin Women's Business Initiative Corporation, um, provides uh, small business loans as well. Uh, so, so those are a few examples of some mm-hmm. other economic development loan programs that we've partnered with in order to get the financing package together. Yeah, because mm-hmm. sometimes they can be a little more flexible about right. some things. Yeah, right. Yes. Yeah, for the kind of really early stage things. Do you uh, do you have a scenario? Um, do you see scenarios like um, somebody starts up with a Wibic loan and then the SBA? P- Part of the SBA 7A that's going to help them expand is taking out the is paying off the Wibic loan. Um, it's a good question. Is that eligible? Does yeah, it depend well, if anytime there's refinance with the SBA, there, there's some yeah. unique yeah. Um, qualifications and eligibility issues without getting into too much details. Mm-hmm. Where there has to be a benefit to that borrower in order for the SBA to refinance. So um, something like the the interest payment goes down. Correct. Or, yep. You yeah. Reduce the payment. Um, mm-hmm. If you're in a term, you know, revolving in the term note. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a lot of different circumstances. I see. Okay. Um, cool. Yeah. It, it, it could be a possibility. Okay. Depending it, on the situation. And, and SBA also, uh, coming back to sort of the idea of S, things that SBA, you know, shrugs, it is not going to be involved with is they don't want to take out uh, uh, same lender debt. So they wouldn't want to allow us to improve our position if we're oh, you know, kind sure. of a troubled owner or right, something. SBA right. won't come in and take that out. Um, right. Once in a while, there's a misperception in our industry that SBA is, will do anything. And that's not, I, mm-hmm. and it's, it's prudent, it's prudent lending too on SBA's part. So, sure. Yeah. Sure. It's just helpful for people to know 
at least be able to anticipate this stuff a little bit in advance. And yes. yeah, and some of the people who who listen to these podcasts are actually um, technical assistance providers. Uh, so it's uh. good for it's good for all of us to kind of keep current on what how those programs are working. And and we do in food, as I said, because we grow in steps, We this, this issue of getting capitalized for step one and then you go to step two and what do you do with what happened in step one? Yes. You know, that yes. that is a very common issue for growing food companies to think through. Oh, sure. Yeah. That, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Would it be helpful, I was just thinking as we were talking eligibility, to mm-hmm. mention a couple things that we've seen that maybe yeah, stop the it. SBA Yeah, process. yeah. That, I like that um, idea a lot. Um, like, so for example, the 1919 issues, okay. um, do, do you want to touch on Absolutely. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah part, part of the SBA application, there is a couple forms that you have to fill out, and one of them is called a, a SBA form, a personal history. Uh, just to make sure they have good character. And sometimes, you know, individuals have made a mistake in the past mm-hmm. um, where they may have a felony or misdemeanor where um, additional paperwork is involved. Um, or if it's really bad, um, SBA may decline it because of your, of your character. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are some of the eligibility um, is, is background fe- is checks. Is felony an example? Uh, a felony is, depends on the nature of the felony? It's, it's I mean, dependent on the nature of the felony, the how, path, recent, yeah, how recent yeah. it is. It's not an automatic disqualification, okay. but SBA would have to do some additional background checks on you um, to make sure, you know, um, you're worthy of the SBA loan. Sure. Sure, yeah, you can run, but you can't hide, yeah. right? We'll find, yeah. <laughs> Damn, they're going to find out about that. Yep, that's right. And, and then some of the other eligibility um, things they're going to look at to make sure that you're a small business. They have size standards that we have to review to make sure that um, that you're eligible. So they and don't want to be financing the Costco's, the Walmart's of the, of the yeah, world. Yeah, but the, the limit is pretty high, it isn't is. it? It's yes, yep. Uh, for example, net income over the last couple of years can't be over $5 million. Okay. So, so I mean, we don't work with too many of those businesses around. I was going to say... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's pretty. Um, Net income five million is a big food company. (laughs) I don't think you'd be needing an SBA if you're making that much money. Right. Um, Other eligibility issues, you know, it has to be for profit business. Mm -hmm. Um, It can't be a nonprofit. Um, It can't be. Another example would be. Cooperatives, right? Cooperatives, you can't yeah, be a co-op. Yeah, they they were trying to. There had been discussion about maybe changing the rules. I think that there are a couple. The, uh, there are a couple types of cooperatives that were eligible, oh, but okay. but that meets some certain yeah, yeah certain right, qualifications. Right now, I know we've been we, we would like we would really like to see that rule change. We would oh, like I bet you would, given that you're a cooperative. Um, more welcome in the SBA that way. Yep. So I mean, yeah, there are some other eligibility issues that we review to make sure that it qualifies, um, and that's that's all things we do at initial conversation with that business to make sure that it will qualify. Sure, sure. sure. Um, and is there uh, a, a person must be a U.S. citizen? Is that correct, or what is you that have, eligible? You have to be a U.S. citizen or okay. licensed permanent resident. Okay. Okay. Um, cleared obviously by the SBA as well. SBA, so additional sure. document mm-hmm. for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that a lot of this determined by the initial forms that we get completed by the business owner um, to make sure that um, they meet all the eligibility criteria. If not, it doesn't automatically rule them out. It just means that our end, we may have to do some additional background work um, or some additional forms. But once again, it, it's not it's not going to break your back or anything like that. It's pretty streamlined as well. Um, so we try to make that as smooth as process. Mm-hmm. So do you have an army of people who help you with all the forms? 
We don't. That's my responsibility yeah. Yeah. At, at, um, as an SBA program manager to make sure um, – because the lenders have better things to do than sit and study SBA all day long. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, exactly. We're out there meeting with the entrepreneurs and, right. and you know, out at different um, business functions, community functions. Yep. So, so basically at Summit Credit Union, that's my role to make sure that, you know, we get the correct forms in place. Um, we process the loans properly. We submit the correct application information to the SBA. Just trying to take a lot of that off the lender's plate um, so they can focus on other areas. Right. I, I remember when we closed on our 504. So that's long enough ago that I bet it's different these days, um, just how much of it is online. But there was like this massive pile of paper. And the good news is I didn't have to do much as the, the uh, other than sign a lot. It was kind of like buying a house, you know, oh, right. yep. you know, you sign all these papers <laughs> on and on and you're like, really, I got to keep signing this thing. But, but I was, I, I think that's because that's a bond issue that there's so much paperwork Absolutely. involved in that program, I think. And and they do a pretty good job of, you know, making sure that's streamlined for for the business owners as well. Yeah, it's kind of invisible other than the the volume that comes at the end. Yeah. Absolutely. And and just mention, like, during the application process, um, the SBA still doesn't require, just like any other loan, your business tax returns, a personal financial statement, the business plan that we talked about. So, I mean, initially, you do have to provide some information to the the business um, um, loan officer, but Either way, whether it be non-SBA or SBA, you're still going to have to do that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I thought just one other eligibility issue was um, loss to the U.S. government. If, if the individual business owner has caused a loss to the U.S. government, for example. Student um, loan student repayment. Loans. That's actually big. And what will be interesting, too, of course, with our uh, millennial generation coming up, there's, there is a... There's a lot, un, you know, unprecedented student loan debt. So kind of looking forward into the future about, you know, if, if things continue with the SBA um, eligibility rules, uh, particularly including with um, student loans, that 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 could be something down the line that if uh, there's there's a loss for some reason to, to the government for student loan purposes, that would count right now as ineligible for an SBA loan application. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I, um, I tell people, um, you know, if you have problems with your credit and you're, there's something wrong with the student loans, the th- first thing to fix is the student loans because it's kind of like you can't do anything. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's a big deal. It's a big deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, right. yeah. And and they're having trouble doing a lot of other things before they come to you for an SBA loan. If that's the case, sure. right? They can't get a credit. Sure. You can't get in. You know, credit cards. You can't get right. There's, right. Yeah. There's a lot of there's a lot of issues, issues. that are related when mm-hmm. that's a problem. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cool. So, what have we missed? What would you like to tell people who are getting ready to go to to come to you what right right. yeah yeah well we're you know we i think we we summed up a lot already of what you know what our role is and what we're looking to do and and um how much we want to see entrepreneurs we want to see entrepreneurs succeed because it does make a difference uh, you know across the state in in the communities where we're active other parts of the state um and when I think some of the smartest people are those that realize that I need to reach out and, you know, talk to other people, talk to other entrepreneurs, talk to these wonderful uh, 
resources of technical, again, um, food finance, small business development center, other technical assistance providers, talk to, you know, talk to your local credit union. Uh, we're, we're happy to, you know, we're, we're happy to have a conversation about, if it's an idea, we'll, we'll have a conversation. And then we want to make sure you do connected, mm-hmm. get connected with those, um, the resources, our technical assistance resources. Um, and I think to reiterate the, the credit union difference, as a, as a cooperative, we're, we're for the benefit of our members. And that very much includes our business members, those that have the dream of starting and running their own business. And one of the most exciting industries is the food industry going on in the state of Wisconsin. Um, These are some of the most creative, energetic, committed people to uh, making, making their business work but not only for their bottom line, but for the community's bottom line, for the food chain bottom line, for their customers' bottom line. Um, And that sort of triple or quadruple bottom line focus that food industry folks have uh, is really resonates with us as a credit union. So we we love working with food industry entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. So the mere fact that we just had a lender articulate what you just said and why you value that is extraordinary. Um, it just it shows right there how what you're doing is defensively unique in oh. your in the world of lenders, really. Because oh, that, you. yeah, we're, we're dedicated. That's really our that's our philosophy. Yeah, that yeah. Is part of our so so important uh, philosophy to credit. The yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming and visiting with us. Um, I think it's going to be um, really useful for people to listen to this, and I can't wait to keep working with you. Fantastic. Well, thank you right. for having us. Thank yes. you so much for having yes, us. Yes, it's a pleasure. Thanks for listening. You can get more podcasts by subscribing on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. And you can learn more about Edible Alpha by visiting our website at ediblealpha.org.